Well, good morning, good morning. Which is the last uh, sermon on ugly Christmas sweater? And uh, I see there are several ugly Christmas sweaters out there. And uh, we're glad that you got involved. Somebody they said, where's your sweater at? Well, it's in the back. I can't raise my arms up. It's too little. And so I decided not to wear it. I'll, wear it. I'll put it on later. Okay, I got a hat and everything. But anyway. But if you need sermon notes, wave at me. Next Sunday, we're going to do communion. You can come as a family. Uh, we'll take communion. We'll pray. And uh, you can eat, get some uh, hot chocolate. And then you can... Uh, leave and go have fun time, or you know, if you just want to stay with your family, it's not going to hurt our feelings. It's Christmas Day. But you know, why are we talking about an ugly Christmas sweater anyway? Well, it's not what's on the outside. Jesus said it's what's on the inside that matters. And the emphasis is what's on the inside, because some of you uh, are wearing ornaments, and you know, uh, you can deck, deck up and look pretty good, and, and some of you wear bells. My grandmother said that, she, you know, the day I got married, because she'd say, hey, go get me this. And I'd come back and bring it to her, and she said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dance at your wedding with bells on. And then I'd go get her something else, too, a month later. You know, I'm a kid. She'd go, I'll dance at your wedding with cowboys. She didn't either. No cowboy boots, no bells. She didn't even dance. So anyway. But, you know, you can put things on, and, you know, you can even eat stuff. And everybody's getting a cake today. Only $69.95. And, uh, yeah, just kidding. There's free cakes out there, but you know what? This is fleeting, too. And I almost on my sweater, I want to put a $100 bill because money's fleeting. It's a weak God. Money doesn't, doesn't, you know, we need Jesus. And so that's the emphasis that we've been uh, focusing on, and that's the emphasis of today. And if you look at, uh, we're talking about putting on your kingdom sweater. And it's all right. We all wear masks, you know? Merry Christmas, how are you doing? Hallelujah. And on the inside, you know, you like that duck paddling and, you know, just trying to survive. And, uh, but it's all right. Jesus is still Lord, and the more you learn. You see, God wants to take us somewhere as a church. And you have to get this sermon down. You have to get control of your life. Because how can you help somebody if both of your arms are broken? How can you help somebody if you're all tore up all the time? There's nothing wrong with getting beat up. The devil's after you. If you haven't recognized that, you have an enemy. And he, he gets after us. And when he really gets after you, he's wanting, God's wanting to do something big in you, and he sees it coming. Stay the course. Uh-oh. There you go. I'll step on that in a minute, huh? And so, so, so this is what we're looking at. Put on your kingdom sweater. Let's talk about the kingdom just for a little bit this morning. And it's all in the Christmas story. In Luke 132, if you look at the screen, you read it with me. He will be great, and we've called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. If you're in the kingdom of God, there's no end to you. Come on. You're going to live forever. So let's get happy about it. This life, you know what? There's great things and joyful things, and then there's sad things and hurtful things that happen. But this is not all there is. My life, I'm not, I don't have a life like they have. I don't, you quit it, don't get in that comparison. Man, you're going to heaven. Come on. The, Paul said, I've been, been in the dirt. I've been on the throne. I've been everywhere. God is God, and God should be God. You know, I've been poor, been rich, is what he's saying. And, you know, uh, it's like somebody said, rich is better. But it's, it's, it's fleeting. You can't take it with you. 
Okay, okay. The great equalizers is heaven. All right, all right. So Luke 2, 8, let's look at it. And now there were in the same country, living out of the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. Uh, there were shepherds there, excuse me. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Everybody say great joy. Christmas time's about great joy, not about you giving gifts to your kids or getting gifts. It's like I said last Sunday, get your kids out of the manger. You get out of the manger. Jesus belongs in the manger. And Christmas is about Jesus. And he has come to give us great joy. Say great joy one more time. Which will be to all people. Now, is the angel lying? All right, so where's your joy? Okay. It doesn't mean that you're silly. Doesn't mean that you're happy all the time, but you got this force of joy on the inside of you. Okay? It's a spiritual force. Verse 11 And there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Come on, a Savior comes to reconcile God's people, comes to reconcile people to God. Every one of us, he brings righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. That's the simplest response to that. We bring in a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, an, uh, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Can you say peace? And goodwill towards men. Hallelujah. Isaiah 61.10, and this is really where I kind of got this from. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. So kind of run your arm into that garment this morning and put on your salvation. It's a metaphor. You can't really do that, but salvation, you're wearing it. You ought to be wearing it. It ought to be so big on the inside of you that it's coming out. Huh? If you squeeze toothpaste, it comes out. If you get squeezed, Jesus ought to come out. Thanksgiving Day, I went down those stairs. It was Jesus all the way. Da, 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 da. And I wish I had it on video. It would be a cartoon to play, but it wasn't any fun while it was happening. Anyway, uh, he's going to close us with garments of salvation. He has covered me with robes of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself in ornaments. The bride adorns herself with jewels. Oh, that's on the inside of us. Okay? So we're talking about our spirit man. We're talking about on the inside of us. In Romans 4, 14, 17, it says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where is the kingdom of God? Low here. Oh, over there. No, Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand and it's on the inside of you. The kingdom, he brought the kingdom of God and they were looking for him to set up an earthly kingdom and kick them Romans out of here. Some of y'all like that with them Democrats and Republicans. They get them out of here. But that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God abides on the inside of you. And that's where your peace and joy and righteousness resides. And that's where you, that you've got to have that foundation of love, joy, and peace. That's the fruits of the Spirit. That's the starting of it. But you also have the understanding of righteousness. So number one, kingdom righteousness. Let's put it on today. Kingdom righteousness, right standing with God. 
That's number one. And uh, righteousness, listen to this. If you want to write this down, it's a good thing to get in your head and get in your spirit. Righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of the Father without a sense of guilt, condemnation, or inferiority as though sin never existed. You know, I've talked to youth and kids and men, grown men. Well, you know, pastor, I'm just not worthy. You know, pastor, and they won't look me in the eyes. See, I'm looking down. And you know, pastor, I I know I'm not living right. I know, you know what? Then get in the righteousness of God, Christian. Just because you miss it and stumble and bumble down the stairs of sin, God forgives. Get back into his righteousness and put it on. That's why you, if, you, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you. I've had people name a sin and say, well, God can't use in me anymore because I did this. Ah, wrong answer. Because anything you've done, somebody did it in the Old Testament or the New. But boy, doesn't the devil like to single you out? Well, you're no good, you're no good, you're no good. I'm off key, but that's all right. You know that's a song. Baby, you're not, that's why I need to be off key. Because that's what the world will tell you, you're no good. But God said, I call you righteous. I call you holy. It's a position that we have in Christ. We're already righteous. Okay? I'm trying to help you here because some of you can't look, you can't look, you can't pray without God. I'm wrong. You can't help me. Come on, get clean. But there ought to be some times where you can go to the Father and say, I just want to tell you I love you today. And be free. Thank you, Lord. I'm free from sin. I'm free. Some of the stupid stuff we've done, man, the devil brings it up. You need to tell him, go take that back with you. It doesn't belong to me. As far as the east, you know, we always start off with Psalms 103. In Psalms 103, it says he'll put your sin away from you as far as the east is from the west. Mm. Romans 5, 17. For if, for if by one man's offense death reigned through one, that was Adam, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. Hey, we're supposed to reign in life. How do we do that? By being righteous. Come on, say, say I have right standing with God. Okay, let's do it like Miss Libby, you stand up just for a second. Miss Libby, I'm giving you this cake. It belongs to you. Okay? Now, from this point on, you can't say, I don't have any cake. I never got any cake. You've got the cake. Okay? You're a partaker of the cake. You can't say, well, I don't have any cake. It's your cake. That's right. All right. Now, I'm, yeah, so it's yours. Have a seat. Just like that, you need to say, okay, Lord, I take righteousness today. I'm taking a hold of right standing with God. I'm losing the guilt. Kick the guilt to the curb. Quit dragging it behind you. We drag so much guilt behind us, and, and, and we look at it every now and then. Every day, we'll look back at that guilt and like, oh, I'm no good. That song was written for me. You're no good. I'm no good. Ah, cut that string. That's when you know you freeze when you quit thinking about it. Quit bringing it up. Put it under the blood. One more scripture. Romans 4 said the kingdom of God. Oh, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 5.21 for 
He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's good stuff right there. Jesus never sinned. He was tempted, but he never sinned. And he took sin upon him. He not only took sin upon him, guess what? He went to hell for you. He went to the Lord. The devil drug him down there. The devil said, whoa, we got him. The Bible says that if Satan had known, he would have never done that. He would have never crucified him. But Jesus went down and made a show of him, took the keys to the kingdom away from him. Embarrassed him. Come on. You know, he probably doesn't have horns, but if he did, Jesus drug him around by his horn. You know, you followed this. This, he showed all the angels and people. This is what you followed? Thank God I'm not following him. I'm following Jesus. He's my champion. So, so let's, one more, one more, one more point. That's our position. We are righteous in Christ. He paid for it. Our part is to do what God said, be ye holy. Our part is to act like we're supposed to act. It doesn't give us an excuse because we're our position that we're righteous, that we don't have to, that we don't have to repent, we're okay, we're good. No, be ye holy. Come out from among them. Be ye separate. Come on, live like that, Christian. Come on, people are watching you. They're not listening, they're watching. So guard your mouth, guard your heart, guard your life. Number two, kingdom peace. And uh, we got a, a, a quick video we're going to watch right here, a music video. And uh, just, just enjoy it. Storms of life When there's no peace 
I'm going to show you a scripture that what naturally follows righteousness is peace. What naturally follows righteousness, once you have righteousness established in your heart, peace comes. Peace in your heart will come. You'll quit sweating about this and that and what do they think and what, what, what does God think? What does what pleases God? Peace comes when you're pleasing God and walking in his righteousness. So in Isaiah 32, 17... It says, the work of righteousness will be peace. The work of righteousness in your heart will be peace. And so, and so, and the effect of righteousness is quiet, quietness and assurance forever. Come on, our salvation, we ought to be, we ought to have some assurance. I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. I'm saved. Quit letting the devil try to talk you out of your salvation. That, 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 come on, that means you're immature if he can tell you you're not saved, you're not saved, you're not saved, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm saved. Come on, are you an American? Yeah. The devil can't take your salvation. He can't take your righteousness. He can't take your peace unless you give it to him. Oh, I don't have it anymore. Uh, who said that? That's the devil said that. Not God. His kingdom abides forever, forever in you. You may not feel like it. You may not smell like it. But it's abiding in you forever. So let's, let's look in Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the assurance. Come on, I got peace with God through Jesus. I have accepted Jesus. I've got peace now. I've got assurance. I've got righteousness. I've got peace. Christians don't have peace because they haven't put it on, so to speak. Let's look at Ephesians 4.22. And it says that you have put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. Lust doesn't always mean sex. It just means strong desire for football, dancing, hunting, fishing, whatever. Huh? It, it, whatever you put up before God. That's what, you know, whatever you strongly desire. Days of our lives. I'm going to go back and date myself. 
You can put anything before God. Nothing wrong with any of that. But you can't put it before God. You ever met somebody, you know, they put their baseball team before God. They put everything, anything can go, can be a false idol. We'll just call it that. But that's when you lose your peace. You're trusting in something else. Because you know what? Guess what? When your football team loses, we ain't got any peace for two weeks now. We're out of the race. Oh, God, I can't believe that off. What does that matter in the light of eternity? Huh? We have got to mature up in the things of God and know what he's done. So, so, so verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man. You don't put on the new man, which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. If you keep reading it, we don't have time. It says, take off anger, lying, give no place to the devil. It says, take off stealing, take off lust, take off corrupt words. We maintain peace by keeping God first and keeping our eyes on him. When I lose my eyes off and start looking at the world and the mess it's in, I lose my peace. You know you do. Get out of the news. It's nothing but to make you lose your peace. And then when you lose your peace, you can be controlled. Fear will move you. Now the devil's got you, moving you by fear. You have got to maintain your peace in life, even when it don't look right and God says do it. If you've got peace and you learn how to follow peace, then you're obeying the Spirit of God. Peace. Man, being a youth pastor for years and years, girls used to come to me and say, I don't have a boyfriend, I don't have a boyfriend, I don't have a boyfriend. Why? Well, why do you even need one? You don't even know who you are. I had a group of ninth graders didn't even go to my church compiling my house and talking about they needed a boyfriend. They had to have sex with them to have a boyfriend. I'm like, are we having this conversation? Yes, we are. Okay. My daughter left the room. <laughs> she said, I'm not staying in here. And I went after them. Man, my wife was in there. and but No. That people, you chase the wrong things. If I got, I got to have a man, I got to have a woman, I got to have this, I got to have that. I got to have a car. I got to have a, 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 a Jaguar. I've seen the commercial. That's my car. What? We chase the wrong things. And we lose. And nothing wrong with having a, come on, go get you one. Hope you can afford it. That's fine. But if it gets wrecked, you're going to lose your peace? If somebody gets in it with muddy shoes? I've told the story of this guy. He had hair. It was red hair. It was wavy, man. It was the 70s, and it was long and flowing. And, man, we're a bunch of seventh, sixth, seventh grade boys, and we're like, I dare you go mess his hair up. Because it, was, it, was it ruled his life. He had, the, he had the locks and the hair. Man, he couldn't catch us. We messed that boy's hair up every morning. Somebody's your turn. We were angels, okay? I'll quit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You can't let material things steal your peace. You cannot do that. You can't let material things steal your peace. God's in control of your peace. If you have to control everything that's going on, you don't have peace. You know... Uh, you know, as a, as a pastor, I have to just, I let things go, let it go. It's hard. 
But you got to let things go in your life. You got to let things go. You can't control your whole job. That guy got the, you know, he ain't used deodorant. He don't even know, can't even spell it and never even know how to put it on. You can't control him. You control you. And you can pray and ask God to move you to the end of the line if you're in a belt or whatever. But you can't let things steal your peace. Number three, kingdom joy. All right, there's a difference between happiness and joy, and this is one I want to get to just for a little bit. There's a difference between happiness and joy. The Bible talks about happy or happiness 30 times, okay? Joy and rejoice over 300 times. The devil wants your joy. And somebody said and wrote a book, and it's a great series and a sermon, uh, if the devil can steal your joy, he can take your goods. You can have joy. I did my dad's funeral, and I did it with joy because I knew that where he was at. I mean, this is my dad, but I mean, hey, he's in heaven. I'm going to see him again. The Lord prepared me the whole way. If you hadn't heard the story, I, I just felt compelled. I got to go see him. I, gotta, I know he's sick, but he's not dying. He's not dying. I kept talking myself out of it. I drove down there. The NBA playoffs were going on. Uh, we talked and talked till 12 o'clock. I put my hands on him, prayed with him, loved on him, went to bed. He passed away the next, at 5 a.m. I was there to help my mom through it. And God prepared me all the way down there. And I never cried or was brokenhearted until somebody called and said, it was so much God that you were even there. I said, that's when I lost it. Thank you, Jesus, that I was there. But to do the funeral, I did it with joy because I know where my dad's at. We are not without hope, and we are not without joy. And joy is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength, is the Scripture. And, and, but we're talking about... Uh, the joy of the Lord is gladness of heart that comes from knowing God, abiding in Christ, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because remember our scripture, the kingdom of heaven is love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost or in the Holy Spirit. That's the key. Get in the Spirit. Get in the Spirit and stay in the Spirit. But everything in the world, cold weather, trying to get you out of the Spirit. I don't even know if I'm going to church today. It's just too cold. But it's not that church keeps you in the, it does keep you in the spirit, but cold, heat, hot, rain. Oh, it's raining. I'm, I'm tired of this rain. It rained for three days last week. It's trying to steal your joy. Come on. The little things. The Bible says the little foxes spoil the grapes. And you know, it's, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick on Libby again. This doesn't bother at all right there. Nothing. But let me do it about a thousand times. She's going to walk away at the hundredth time like, quit touching me. <laughs> but see, it's the little things. You know, the devil's going to come up and like, mm-hmm. You see what that, you look at that look. They don't even like you. Look at that look. You made them candy and they, they don't even, they haven't even eaten it. <laughs> and they just keep touching that same spot, trying to aggravate you. And steal your joy, steal your peace. Get you out of bright standing with God. Make you think, no, God, they don't love me and God don't love me. Come on, God's not moved by petty stuff. We shouldn't be moved by petty things. Let's look at John 15, 9, 
And uh, we'll look in John 16 too, but this is what Jesus talked about it. Uh, he says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Are you living in the love of God? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Abiding in love means you're going to do what's right. You're putting on righteousness. You're going to act right. Nobody want to. Well, don't tell me I got to act right, Pastor. I just won't be mad at everybody. Just leave me alone. Okay, Grinch. You're supposed to have some fruit. And fruit's not for you. You know, have you ever heard somebody, uh, I ain't going to say that, but a person say, well, don't pray for peace because I'll tell you what, God will test you. No, the devil comes to steal it because you're trying to walk in peace. And your peace helps you. But you know the greatest people that is helped by your peace is everybody else. Because when you don't have peace, nobody's happy around you. When you don't have joy, it doesn't mean that you're laughing and giddy. I can tell you a joke and make you happy. You ready? True story. Man walked into the bank, handed him a note to give me all the money. Woman filled up the money in a bag, handed it to him. He went over and sat in the lobby and sat down. They called the cops. They came, arrested him, took him to jail, put him in jail. He goes to court. But what they didn't know, what they found out is he left a note for his wife and said, I'd rather be in jail to live with you. So the judge sentenced him to six months house arrest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. True story. I read that the other day. Here's another one. This girl, 16, she sued her parents. I'm moving out of here. I don't want your rules anymore. I'm getting out and I'm suing you for $5,000 a month because that's what I need to get an apartment and to maintain my lifestyle. Don't get any ideas. And they reject. She goes, well, who's going to hire me? I can't get a job and make $5,000 a month. I don't have any skills. See, she didn't think all this through, did she? That's crazy. People are crazy. It ain't much a joke. That's a true story, too. We, we got we to, you know, we got to follow God and not be selfish. Selfishness will get you in trouble. Amen. So where are we at? What scripture was we on? Let's go. Uh, verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Your joy is going to fill up the more love you walk in. The more a lifestyle of love that you have in the kingdom of love, the more joy you're going to have, the more peace you're going to have. And John 16 said, until now you have asked nothing in my name, asking you will receive that your joy may be full. Now, just because I said Jaguar doesn't mean you be asking God for a Jaguar. You ask him for increase and blessing and give to help people, and guess what? He'll give you one. Increase comes through obeying the kingdom of God. We just want to go, hey, my name's Lenny. Lord, give me. And that ain't the way it works, does it? So, Nehemiah 8.10, I said that the joy of the Lord is your strength. You've got to have this inner joy. It's not, it's not that you're giddy and happy and silly. It's that you know who you are and that you have joy. In Habakkuk, uh, if you read Habakkuk in chapter 1, the Babylonians have attacked Israel and everything's laid to waste and he's complaining to God. 
Look at what they did. How long are you going to let these people just run over everybody on the earth? They're, they're taking over everywhere. They're taking over this. And when you get to chapter 3, he, starts, he, 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 he stops and he asks God in chapter 2, okay, I'm going I'm I'm to wait. I need you to answer me, Lord. I'm going to wait on the wall. I'm going to answer. You know, if you don't wait for the, if you, it's okay to gripe and complain to God. But if you walk away, then all you're doing is griping and complaining. But if you'll stand and get still, you see, that's communication. We're going to start 21 days of prayer in January. Part of prayer is standing still and listening to what God has to say. If you can, Lord, I'm tired of this stove burning me. Well, he's going to say, quit touching it when it's hot. Come on, there's some simple things that you can do that we, not, we don't do. But and when chapter 3 comes, he goes, you know what? If the figs don't produce, if the, if the pomegranates don't work, if the grapes fail, if all the crops in the land fail, I'm still going to rejoice in you because you're my God. Man, he wasn't going to let anything steal his joy. I'm still going to rejoice in God no matter how bad it happens. And, and folks, it could get bad. But we're going to trust God. We're going to trust God. We're going to trust God no matter what happens. I mean, there's crazy things that happen that we have not seen in this country. But we have to trust God. God's got our back. And you know what? You got to trust him. Let the test begin today. James said, count it all joy. When tribulation comes, what? What? I just want to be the Christian and, and just everything's just roses and candy and cupcakes. Ah. You're living in a dream. That's heaven, okay? That's heaven. That's not here. Remember we sang that last song? The war will be over in heaven. We're in a war right now. And, the, and, and for you to be uh, able to fight, you got to be strong in the spirit. You got to know that you're right with God. You got to know you have peace and you got to be full of joy. How can you be full of, because you got to take death off the table. That's where fear wants to rule. I might die. Well, it's trying to steal your joy and your peace. If I die, I'm going to heaven. Hey, I win. But I want to win here. God's called you to win here because when you win here, you become a light and then everybody, I need the Jesus they got. I need the Jesus they got. I hit my finger with a thumb. I was nailing shingles on and you know how you hit your finger? It kind of stings a little bit and you know what I was kind of doing? And it wasn't a Spirit of God, Holy Ghost dance. It was pain and somebody said, well, how come you ain't cussing? I said, well, I found out cussing doesn't heal anything or fix anything. Doesn't change anything. So, and you know, that, that was a close family member asked me that. And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. So we have got to maintain our joy and our peace. Uh, there is something to, to being happy. In Proverbs 17, 22, it talks about a merry heart does good like a medicine. You got to maintain your merry heart. Do you know people that have, have been uh, very sick, dying, and they got joy in their heart and became happy and even watched the Three Stooges and the Lord interrupted and healed them. But boy, boy, when you're in that depressed state 
and you can't look up, the devil's going to keep you there. The devil wants to keep you in that depressed state. That's not your calling, Christian. Oh, oh Miss Shirley t- teaches us all that we can have a moment where, where we have a broken heart, but we can't live there. We're called to God. We're called to God to help somebody. And we, we need to ask God for the words. And guess what? He'll give you the words to be that witness, to bring that joy, to bring that peace. He'll tell you what to say and what to do. But if all you're doing is you got to feed yourself, feed yourself, feed yourself, well, how are you going to feed your grandkids this righteousness, peace, and joy? How are you going to feed your family this righteousness, peace, and joy? How are you going to feed your, well, I hate this job. I can't believe they got you doing that. They got me doing it too. I hate this job. Now, oh, but Jesus loves you. Huh? Doesn't work that way, does it? Jesus said, how can bitter water and sweet water come out of the same fountain, out of the same stream? We've got to maintain it. And I mean, the devil wants to steal your words and steal your joy and steal your peace. So today, let's put him on notice. Are you ready? Because see, God's called you to be a help. God's called you to get up on a foundation of him. So, so, so declare this with me. Say, Father, I declare and put the devil on notice. He has no place in me. Your word says, resist the devil. Today I, re- I resist, and he has to flee. Father, you're my strength. Through the blood of Jesus, I thank you that I have the power to overcome, to do good, to be a help, to be salt, to be light in the earth all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at legacyfamily.info.